0: ready for episode number 28 of Monster Kid Radio? I am, and so is Chris McMillan from The Shadow Over Portland. He's joining me, Derek M. Cook, on Monster Kid Radio for part two of our discussion of the King of the Monsters, Godzilla. Now, Chris McMillan is the man behind the website The Shadow Over Portland, which you can find at shadowoverportland.blogspot.com. It is the Pacific Northwest premier horror news site. If there's something happening horror-related in the Portland, Oregon area... You're going to find out about it over at The Shadow Over Portland. There will be a link to The Shadow Over Portland over at our website at monsterkidradio.net, along with a link to the band Daikaiju at daikaiju.org. They're the band behind the song we're playing in this episode, Sharka Khan. It's from their album Daikaiju. It's available on Amazon or, I believe, directly from their website. If you pick up their music, make sure you let them know that Monster Kid Radio sent you. I'm really excited to talk more about Godzilla in this episode of Monster Kid Radio. We're going to talk about a few other Godzilla-related topics like King Kong versus Godzilla and what the kaiju films became and that sort of thing. And again, let me stress, I have seen Pacific Rim since we recorded this episode with Chris. And yes, it is awesome. Stay tuned to the end of the episode where you will hear... One final time, how you can enter the contest for the Matango mini bust by Monster Kid Tom Bigler. Tom did us a huge solid back when he appeared in episodes 23 and 24 where we talked about the movie Matango, which is an awesome movie. I've said it a couple of times on Facebook and various message boards that Matango has become one of my top new-for-me movies in 2013. I love this film. It's such a great movie. And Tom... It's such a great artist. He's got a Metango mini bus that we're giving away to a lucky listener of Monster Kid Radio. Come back at the end of the episode to learn how you can win. The deadline is August 31st, so I'm running out of time. Tom also sent us a piece of feedback that we're going to be playing in next week's episodes of Monster Kid Radio. If you'd like to send in some feedback, you can do so by emailing us at monsterkidradio at gmail.com or calling and leaving us a voicemail at 503-4795-MKR. We also are on Facebook. We've got a Facebook page. I appreciate everybody who's given us a like over there and a Facebook group where you can join any conversation that you see going on over there and take part in some of the polls. I think next month I'm going to be launching a new poll. So if you want to participate in the poll that's running right now, which is, well, me asking you who you want to see on Monster Kid Radio or specifically here on Monster Kid Radio as a special guest, get over there, join the group, vote in the poll, and stay tuned until next month when I bring a new question to the group. Also want to say a big thanks to everybody who's given us reviews in the iTunes store. We just got another one, which is awesome. Thank you so much. It means a lot to me. Please consider heading over there and dropping us a quick review. All right, we're going to dive right into Godzilla Part 2 with Chris McMillan right after this.
1: From a world beyond our own come the forces of nature unleashed. Daikaiju Attack, the serialized giant monster story. Presented free every week on DaikaijuAttack.com and SDSullivan.com. Become a member of the Dai Kaiju Attack group on Facebook. Join the action today. Do you enjoy movies like Carnival of Souls, The Mole People, Black Sunday, and The Tingler? Do you find yourself late at night reading magazines such as Film Max, Chiller Theater, or Monster Bash? Do you love vintage television programs like Sky King, Outer Limits, and The Time Tunnel? Do you find yourself surfing the net looking for the next monster movie festival or expo? Do you enjoy hearing anecdotes, cinematic details, and unusual insights into some of your favorite movies? If you answered yes to any of the above, you are encouraged to join your host, Vince Rotolo, as he examines some of the latest horror, sci-fi, and cult theatrical releases, new DVDs to add to your collection, and of course, the old classics, both good and bad. He even interviews people throughout B-moviedom. So tune into to b Cast B-moviecast at bmoviecast.com.
0: Godzilla is one of those movies that, even if you haven't seen the movie, I think it, as a monster kid, as a monster movie fan, you just kind of know. What the movie's oh. about. Now, if you haven't seen the movie, shame on you. But
2: <laughs> You really should,
0: yes. You, you really should. And my own personal experience in kaiju land and Godzilla land, I say shame on you to anybody who's not seen the movie. But as of a couple of years ago, I never seen it. I hadn't seen it. Oh, really? uh, I, I'm actually kind of a late convert to the kaiju films. For better or worse, when I was growing up, I did not watch a lot of well monster movies, period. I didn't have access to them. And I talked a little bit about this mm-hmm. You know, when we had you on the show for episode one. Parents oh, yeah. weren't really into the horror movies things and me watching these monster movies. And I, I discovered these monster movies through the Crestwood House books, the, those orange-covered hardbacks designed for kids monster books. Mm-hmm. And I read the Godzilla one, and I knew the story of Godzilla and Mothra, and, and I think Rodan might have been covered and you know, mentioned briefly. But uh, I, I never saw the movies. So a couple of years ago at the Hollywood Theater, they showed King Kong versus Godzilla. Huh? Kyle from the Kaiju cast introduced the movie. I went to go see it. I had never seen it before. Uh, Scott Morris, who was a previous guest on the show, was here in town visiting, so we went to go see that together. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. I know the movie's goofy <laughs> and silly, but to see it on the big screen with a group of people, man, it was fantastic and i was hooked and that began my journey through the godzilla filmography and i've made my (laughs) way through almost every one of them now i've i tried to watch them in order of release but i Mm -hmm. I got i started getting impatient it's like okay i i I don't want to wait for this one to come from netflix i got this one let's just move on so i've been watching as many as i can and i've kind of dipped into the gamma films as well a little bit and yeah you know uh, i actually have uh was' it is it gapa is that one that's that was done by a different country it wasn't Japanese but anyway I've got the well, one coming I don't know. I've got the one sitting here uh, you know and I just I love these movies it's so much mm-hmm. fun to, to explore these films and now both as an adult and somebody who's you know s- serious about his film studies but then mm. you know watching these movies it kind of reawakens a little kid in me as well I'm like, mm. yes this is so fun and and nourishing in a way that oh yeah you know mm-hmm. i think only no, I mean, sponsor kids get
2: <laughs> yeah i mean there there's no you know i had i had problems with king kong versus godzilla i mean
0: it's a goofy the, movie
2: it's a goofy movie and they turn kong from a, you know a, a great character to basically an alcoholic ape that's enslaved an entire island to keep him floating in hard berry cider
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know which i'm like no that's not king kong but you know i mean there's something fun about watching two monsters beating each other up going through buildings you just kind of sit there and go oh yeah i remember why i liked these movies as a kid
0: oh man no i, I mean they changed king kong quite a bit and you and i just saw oh. king kong at the hollywood and oh yeah the original king kong is a totally different beast the monster in mm-hmm. that is, is not godzilla quality like at all i mean it's a different quality of film they did have to make some changes and take some uh, make some artistic leaps to make Godzilla oh. and King Kong work. Uh, I just watched King Kong escapes on Sven on on TV a couple of weeks ago, and mm-hmm. you know it's a totally different guy, uh, King Kong. But man, well, for me, it, it just awakened a passion for these films in me, and I'm thankful they did that it did because that's man, I love these films.
2: They're are a lot of fun. I mean, anytime they come up and uh, you know on the theater start showing them, I'm definitely going to be there because there's nothing better, like you said, than watching these on the big screen. Because first, it's the way they're supposed to be seen, and everything looks yes. so much cooler. Yes. Yes. And the other thing is, you get a bunch of people who are similarly minded watching this thing, and it's like everybody's cheering and laughing and having a good time. You know, you can't not enjoy that.
0: Agreed. All right. So as far as the original Godzilla goes. Something happened when I first saw it. Okay. I came to the movie late. I knew there was a big franchise. I knew there were Godzilla beats this and that and versus King mm-hmm. Kong and whatever. So I knew there were future Godzilla films coming. So I sit down to watch the original Godzilla for the very first time. I knew the basic story, but I didn't know what happens at the end. And big spoiler alert, Godzilla dies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what? I mean, my, my mouth just, my jaw dropped. I couldn't believe that they had killed Godzilla with the Oxygen Destroyer. And so my brain starts spinning. Does that mean all the other Godzillas are different Godzillas? Is there a race of Godzillas? Is there more than one? Is there a tribe of Godzillas out there? Where do the Godzillas keep coming from? Is there a generator for Godzillas like in the old gauntlet video games? I don't, you know, what just happened here? It just blew my mind. I had no idea.
2: You know, it's kind of like what Universal did, you know, like Frankenstein. The monster dies at the end of Frankenstein,
0: but they find a way to
2: bring him back in Bride. You know, uh, same thing here. It was, I don't remember exactly what it was, but they hint that there might be more creatures like Godzilla out there, and the nuclear tests may continue to bring them up. You know, at the end of the original Godzilla, so they kind of left themselves an out. Yeah, the next Godzilla film, it was a new Godzilla.
0: Yeah, uh, it was released here as Gigantus the Fire Monster. Uh, Godzilla that was raids it. again. Thank you. Yeah, Godzilla mm-hmm. raids again was the uh, the Japanese title. So as soon as, yeah as soon as I watched Godzilla and saw Godzilla die, well then I watched the American version and then I popped in Godzilla raids again. It's like how do they bring him back? And yeah, they didn't really bring him back. It's just another Godzilla.
2: Yeah, which was you know they hinted at it like I said at the end of the first one. So it was kind of like well we can bring him back because we said that. You know, yep. we said there may be more, and there is.
0: Well, and they dove right into production. I mean, this this next one came out the very next year, so they, they were ready to go. Yeah. And I, and I guess if you got the suit, might as well keep using it, right? Why not? Now, as I was say, we keep talking about the man in the suit. There's more than just a man in a suit in Godzilla. We've got the hand puppet, and there mm-hmm. is one shot of stop-motion animation.
2: Yeah, there is. Well, there's also the some of the, what was it, the fire truck was stop-motion yeah. There's a fire engine wreck. I don't think Godzilla... Was
0: there a Godzilla scene that was
2: stop motion as well?
0: I thought a tail uh, swiping by might have been stop yeah.
2: motion. Just just yeah. briefly.
0: It wasn't like a full-on Godzilla. It was just like a tail.
2: Yeah, I think you're right. But yeah, there's there's a couple scenes in there. And I know that they were talking about doing stop motion for Godzilla.
0: Well, the movie um, was inspired by Harryhausen films. So, yeah. you know, when when I, you see the big monster on the screen in a Harryhausen, you know, they wanted to do something like that. But... I don't know if it's just a cost-effective thing or what.
2: I think it it pretty much was because I mean, the, you look at the Harry Hazen films, which are beautiful, but oh yeah. oh yeah, they're not you know they're not really knocking over a whole lot of buildings. You know, <laughs> look, look at how long it took them to animate Washington D.C. falling apart in Earth versus the Flying Saucers, and you can understand why they went with a guy in a monster suit because it's you just I don't think they could have done a stop motion version of That of Godzilla, it it would have been extremely expensive.
0: (laughs) Right. And I I actually prefer Godzilla as a man in a suit, which is one of the issues I had with the film that we're not going to mention. I really Uh. prefer Godzilla (laughs) as a man in a suit. I'm curious as to how it's going to turn out in in 2014 because, you know, it's going to be a lot of CG.
2: Yeah. But but they did release some. I don't know if you've gone online, but they did release apparently how whether you believe online or, uh, sources or not, they did release a small picture of what Godzilla is going to look like. You know, a small model, and it looks like Godzilla. Good. Yes, that was one of my problems with the name with the movie that shall not be named. <laughs> um, <laughs> it didn't look like Godzilla. No. I know they were trying to make it scientific and, you know, more believable to the audience. You know, you've got a giant monster stomping through cities. Believability kind of goes out the window a little bit. Right, exactly. We can handle not having a definite cause. Just, Just show us a monster.
0: Give us a monster in a suit or whatever. You know, unfortunately, when I see or even think about the movie that shall not be named, I don't think about Godzilla. I think to the Taco Bell commercials. With a little talking chihuahua here, lizard, lizard, lizard—that's where my brain goes. Now oh, I don't—I've yeah. been able to compartmentalize that away from the greater kaiju canon and turn it into a marketing thing. So, which may have been the problem with the film in the first place, but whatever.
2: Yeah. <laughs> well, I will say this for the for the new Godzilla: if they do it half as well as Del Toro did it in Pacific Rim, it will look amazing.
0: Excellent. Well, I'm hopeful. I, I I have very high hopes. I'm not. I'm not dreading it.
2: I, I think they're trying to do a. Well, it wouldn't be hard to do a better job than the um Amer- first American remake. So I'm hoping they get it right.
0: Yeah. Now, when you mentioned doing Godzilla uh, for Monster Kid Radio to talk about it, I had asked you, you know, is this a movie that you've got a lot of experience with? And you told me that you had seen it as a kid growing up.
2: As I was saying when I was, um, you know, on the show first time, you know, we didn't get a whole lot of stuff up here in uh, the Portland, Vancouver area. But when I was in California, yeah, they showed that one. They would show War of the Gargantuans. They showed a lot of the kaiju movies down there. And so I got to see the original Godzilla. I got to see Monster X. I got to see Mothra and all those. They were great. You know, watching all these films. I was so used to Godzilla being, you know, kind of goofy, because, you know, the, the like the later ones got. So to hear that, you know, the original one was, you know, such an allegory to nuclear war and all that, you're just kind of going, really? You know? And then to come across the original and go, wow, they really tried to make a good movie out of this. It was a pleasant surprise. You know, mm-hmm. it doesn't take away from what the series became, because those are great fun, but... Taking, you know, my childhood memories of how, how much fun I had watching these movies and then to watch the Japanese version of Godzilla and be really terrified by watching him destroy Tokyo was a really a different experience. You know, even though he's not doing anything out of malice, he's still doing some nasty things.
0: I'm trying to imagine watching Know, to having that experience because I, I hadn't watched his movies growing up, so I would imagine that if I had, I would have seen the Raymond Burr version. I would have seen mm-hmm. the Americanized version. So I'm trying to imagine what that would have done to me, you know, as a younger person watching, you know, Raymond Burr, Steve Martin, you know, mm-hmm. reporting on Godzilla, and then seeing the the original Japanese edition with no Raymond Burr, no American you know, spoon-feeding a a simpler story to us, and more of this bleakness. I mean, there's even something about the quality of the film, and I know this wasn't something they did on purpose, and I I don't know if maybe I'm just reading into it, but if you watch the Japanese edition of the film versus the American version, I feel like the Japanese version of the movie, even the cinematography is more sharp and dark and despairing. And I don't Mm -hmm. know if it's, I I don't know why, I, I know they didn't go through and reshoot and change the lighting or whatever, but it just overall has a different feel.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, everything is dark in that movie. You know, everything just just has this weighted feeling on you, you know. Mm-hmm. It's just, just despairing. You get an atmosphere of despair through the whole thing. I don't know what they did to change it. Maybe they just, you know, re- sh- I don't think they reshot the film, but maybe they oh, no. treated it different or something to, to brighten it up. But, well, yeah, I... the, the Japanese version diff- feels different.
0: Yeah, I don't think they even did anything. I mean, if I think I did a screen-by-screen comparison, they probably didn't do anything at all. It's just the overall effect of the movie being a different kind of movie, having that kind of impression. I mean, the movie itself is dark. It's black and white. It's stark in spots, as it should be. It's nice and dark and creepy and scary. It's a flat-out monster movie in the mold of some of the original Universal films in terms of its cinematography. Mm -hmm. It brings something to the table that... I wasn't expecting when I sat down to watch it.
2: Like I said, when I saw it finally, you know, the original, I was just like, wow, this is totally different. It was an interesting thing to see how the series changed from from that very first movie, you know, because that first movie is a perfect standalone. You don't need another Godzilla movie after that.
0: Oh no, no, not at all. The
2: world's better having more Godzilla
0: movies. (laughs) Oh, definitely.
2: But, (laughs) yeah, I was like, what? But, um, you know, you don't need it. That that movie is, is its own little thing. And I'm sure okay. once it was a big hit, you know, that's why they flew into production on that, on that second one.
0: Oh, but yeah, definitely. And I I'm don't think it,
2: they were really aiming for it. Right. I don't think they no, were aiming for a sequel.
0: No, I, I can't imagine that that was the intention from the beginning. I'm sure as they were going along and they started getting some feedback or whatever – Um, Because it was a man in a suit, it's easier to... I mean, you've got to make some models, but it's easier to go ahead and move into production because you don't have to spend 10 months doing the stop-motion animation or whatever. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, thankfully there's that as well. And it's a whole art. I mean, the whole man in suit art is just fascinating. And, I mean, this is a tradition that goes back to very early Hollywood, putting people in ape suits and things like that. So, Mm -hmm. you know, the kaiju films just take it to another level and... It's phenomenal. And and the original Japanese, we mentioned this briefly before, it is so depressing in spots. You've got the mother and the two kids. They know they are about to die. Mm-hmm. We will be with your father soon, which, oh, man, that's a Godzilla-sized gut punch. I mean, that's oh, yeah. emotionally wreck- wrecking. And then even though that happens, once we get to the end of the movie, there is so much reverence shown to Godzilla this animal doing what animals do as they destroy it as it dies it's kind of sad you know and and then of course Sarazawa sacrifices himself as well yeah you know and that whole thing I mean it's not the kind of moment that you get with an American monster movie where you know good triumphs and yay, the villagers can go home because they've burned the castle to the ground and we've, yay. You know, it's not that it's a sad, somber burial at scene moment, mm-hmm. which they get a little bit of in the American version, not so much, but in the Japanese, I mean, it is, it's moving and touching. And I felt bad for, you know, for Sarazawa and Godzilla. You know, the interesting
2: thing is I, I felt bad for Godzilla in the American version, But when I'm watching the Japanese one, even though I know he's not doing anything, you know, he's not just going up and going, I'm just going to stomp this place because I want to. (laughs) He's just doing what he does. (laughs) This, you know, my sympathy for Godzilla is I find some in in the Japanese version, I find it a little lacking. Really? You know? Yeah. I mean, I understand the reverent tone, but I don't have the same sympathy and I I think it's because of those gut punches we keep talking about. The mother of uh, kids in the hospital during, um, you know, during the aftermath, there's a little girl who loses her mom and, you know, as they're carrying the mother away, this kid is just screaming and crying and they hold on that shot for so long. It's just, it rips you apart. And yeah. it was scenes like that, that, you know, just, just took away any sort of empathy I might have had for Godzilla at that point. You know, it's like, I felt like um, the scientist who wanted to study Godzilla, you know, as he's watching this creature destroy everything and go, we can't keep it alive. My empathy for the creature was severely lessened. I I didn't feel as sad, but like I said, that's because that version really, really hammered home that, you know, He's killing a lot of people. He's a monster. Yeah. You know, it wasn't like, you know, the Frankenstein monster who's trying to find his place in the world. This thing's just taking over the world. Not out of malice, but just because it is. Just because it can. I don't have the sympathy as Godzilla's dying. It's kind of like, well, you know, it had to
0: happen. That's true. I'm not saying they should have kept it alive, but no, I, I, oh, I see yeah. where you're coming from. I think, though, we both recognize that kind of reverent tone. The music oh, definitely. swells and everybody's just kind of watching, like, what did we just do? Mm-hmm. You know, this this kind of moment. And, you know, we men- I mentioned the music. I've got to mention the music because I'm a film score guy. People know I collect film scores. Uh, and I do have the music from Godzilla on my iPod. It is such great music by... <laughs> Akira Bay. I think I got the name pronounced right. Uh, it's iconic music. I mean, you hear uh, it now in, in commercials. Oh, yeah. and, I mean, there's even a professional wrestler who uses a version of it for his entrance music. I mean, it is iconic music, so <laughs> i got to yeah, mention that. Like,
2: yes, yeah, so it's like the Godzilla roar. You hear, hear that music, you know exactly what it is. There's no mistaking that. That's Godzilla. That's Godzilla really amplifies it was perfect it was perfect it 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 had it gave the feeling of godzilla's size and his it gave it it gave the monster gravity you know it gave it, it give it, it oh how do you say it man.
0: no i think you got i think it, you nailed it it gave him gravity that's a great way to put it man
2: yeah you know it made you know this is a big freaking
0: thing yeah some of the other things that work in the movie, just kind of briefly to touch on it. You know, we talked about the acting a little bit. The direction's fantastic. The music. There's a number of special effects shots and a, a lot of special effects happening in the movie that don't involve a man in a suit. There's a ton of mad shots in here. There's some great oh, yeah. camera tricks in here. So it's not just a gimmicky man in the suit movie. If you go and and I. When I saw this for the first time, it was the Criterion Blu-ray release that came out last year. And there's some great behind-the-scenes special Ooh. features on the disc that talk about you know some of the match shots they did and some of the paintings they did and some of the camera work they did here and there and the models and all that. There's a lot of care and craft that went into this film.
2: Oh, yeah. You can see that.
0: Definitely. And I would recommend that Criterion release. It's got both versions of the film. Uh, they both look gorgeous. And they have a brand-new commentary track on them by David Callet, who wrote the book A Critical History and Filmography of Toho's Godzilla series. And what's interesting about that commentary track is if you watch the original Godzilla with the commentary track, he goes through the movie, and then at the very end he's like, "And I invite you to join me for Godzilla, King of the Monsters. And you start that one, and he just continues. Oh, wow, interesting. So it's, it's kind of a two-part. <laughs> and it's, it's a fun way to spend, I don't know, four hours of your afternoons. So.
2: <laughs> no, I have the version that came up before Criterion got a hold of it. It was both discs, and the same person does the commentary on, uh, on track on that version as well. I'm trying to remember whose version it was. I just don't right now, and I don't have it on me. But he does a commentary track on that, you know, even though I have the one version of it, I'm thinking about getting the Criterion version.
0: Well, if you're an obsessive fan, and I don't know anybody quite like that at all. <clears throat> <laughs> no, no, um, no. I, I've picked up both. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'd recommend the Criterion really says it's gorgeous, it looks good. So. Mm-hmm. All right, well, what else is there to say about Godzilla? I think we kind of talked about all the good things about it and why people need to have it and watch it and love it oh, and respect definitely. it. And what it means to us, really, as Monster Kids, my development as a Monster Kid, is ongoing. And... The having Godzilla in my life now, I Have you found Godzilla? I mean, that's that's really the question I'm asking right now. Do you have Godzilla in your life?
2: <laughs> Those movies are so much fun. Um, and I've seen you know versions from. I I know they categorize them into three different series. Right. And I have not seen them all. I don't know if I will ever get to seeing them all. But man, if I come across one and it's on, you know, I will definitely sit down and watch it. Or if I find one, you know, somewhere in a used store, it's I'm going to grab it. doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. No.
0: I, and it's, it's unfortunate because some of them are not available easily here in the States. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm sure you can get them in Japan, but they're not either dubbed or subtitled or whatever. So it's really tough. Granted, I don't know how much dubbing you need for some of the later movies where they're just breaking stuff. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I would like to know. How the Japanese version of King Kong versus Godzilla plays out. No, I know it's not that Godzilla wins over King Kong. That's just an urban legend. But, you know, they had to Americanize that release for us here in the States a little bit by putting all the stuff in with the news station and all that, oh, you know, yeah. the, the new satellite. They, they put the music from Creature from the Black Lagoon over that film in, in some spots, <laughs> no, which I, I loved. I'm you know.
2: laughing so hard. I'm like, oh my God, no, they <laughs> took the creature theme. Yeah.
1: yeah you,
2: know. you see that, and you know, you know, familiarity of the music aside, but the Creature Sting, it's too light. You know, once again, it's a gravity thing. It doesn't give the impression of big monsters. It just kind of makes it sort of mm, lightweight, if that makes any sense.
0: Now, I I know that Creature from the Black Leon is your number one monster movie, so I know there's no disrespect here, but... No, no, no. I'm going to agree with you here, because as much as I love that music and I love that movie... I think if you take the music away from the film, you're right. It is kind of a singular kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a guy. It's it's a, it's a humanoid-sized guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas the Godzilla music is a completely different beast. Yeah. It's a completely different beast. It's a completely different thing.
2: Sure, it's. Both of them are guys in rubber suits, but you know there's
0: there's a difference. Right.
2: You can't use one with the other, and and no, there is no disrespect for the creature. No, I mean, no, That, not that at all. sting is my ringtone.
0: That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, whenever someone calls, it's it's to the creature.
0: <laughs> nice.
2: So yeah, but you know, like I said, I mean, you 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 hear that music and putting aside all familiarity and going, "That's creature from Black Lagoon," it just doesn't. Give enough of an impression of of size and weight, yeah, to a giant monster. Yes, but I guess they had the you know I guess Universal released it. They had it and they just figured, hey, we'll throw this in.
0: Right, exactly. Which you know you do what you got to do. But I would love to see some of these Japanese versions of some of these films, um, just to oh, know what could, the difference are. You know,
2: if I could get my hands on the a, a, a Japanese version of King Kong versus Godzilla, oh yeah, uh, hmm. I would get it. Just Oh to, yeah. Cuz you just got to know. I mean, it it you know that it's going to be different. Mhm. But how? You know, that would be the interesting thing. I know the whole scene on the island pretty much a play out the same way, but it's also sometimes the dubbing, they they don't get the words right or they they create their own story through the dubbing. Yeah, I would like to see it. I'd well, love to see it.
0: Well, there's the story too about Godzilla Raids again where uh, George Takai is, is dubbing one of the voices for the American release of that film and the whole banana oil story behind that where you know they wanted to try to come up with a word that matched the mouth movement and the only <laughs> thing they could come up with was banana oil as like some sort of curse or swear. Like Really? Yeah.
2: yeah I have not seen Godzilla Raids again yet.
0: Oh, it's, it's different because so in Godzilla... He's a big man in the suit, but he's moving slow, and there's a gravity. Mm-hmm. And Godzilla raids again. I mean, this is the first time you have two monsters going at each other, and Godzilla raids again. It's sped up. I mean, it is super fast. It's like they're having a slap fight. You say, ah, it's just this hyperkinetic kind of. I don't think they overcrank or undercrank the camera or anything like that. It's just the movement's different, right? Which felt a little incongruous to big, hefty, gravity wielding Godzilla. You know.
2: Yeah, well, he seemed to get lighter on his feet as things went on, to the point where he's doing a jig or something. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, in later films, especially.
2: Yeah. Sorry, didn't mean to bring that up, but you know. Well,
0: no, you know, what happens. There's
2: that, yeah, there's that image scarred in my mind of Godzilla hopping on one foot and then the other. It's like, oh, no.
0: Well, hey, you know, I, I've the last Godzilla film that I watched was uh the Godzilla versus Megalon. So, mm-hmm. so, you know, if <laughs> I which I expected to end with Godzilla and the giant robot high fiving each other at the end, you know, so <laughs> it it does get a little silly and goofy at spots, but what a, you know, it's it, it is what, it, it, is. Is what we, it is. We love it now.
2: Oh so. yeah, you know, like I said, I mean, I you make you you kind of have to laugh at some of it, but still, if it's out there, you're gonna watch it because you love it. You know, big monsters. Going through buildings, knocking each other over. How can you not want to see that?
0: Exactly. Well, Chris, man, I want to thank you for spending your morning with us talking about Godzilla here on Monster Kid Radio.
2: Oh, it's my pleasure. What?
0: What better way to spend a Saturday morning? I know, right? <laughs> Other than watching
2: the movie, what better way to spend a Saturday morning than talking about them?
0: And I think after I get done recording this, I'm going to go pour myself a cup of coffee and go pop one in because I'm in the mood now. Yeah, I think I'm going to as well. There you go. So how do people <laughs> find you online? Where is your website?
2: The Shadow Over Portland. Uh, you can Google it. It's, I, it usually comes up first or just go to Shadow Portland at uh, BlankSpot.com
0: And there will be a link in the show notes to that. Chris is the premier source of all horror happenings here in the Pacific Northwest. I learn about things from his website, and I I consider myself pretty keyed into what's going on, but Chris fills in the blanks for me just fine, so go check out his website if you want to know what's going on up here.
2: Thanks a lot for the plug. I appreciate it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No problem, man. We'll have you back on the show again sometime.
2: Okay, sounds great.
0: having chris on the show i think we'll have him back on again sometime uh maybe later this year if we can make the schedules work and that brings me to something that i wanted to bring to the monster kid radio listeners do you want to be on the show do you have something that you want to hear us talk about drop me a line MonsterKidRadio@gmail.com, gmail gmail.com or call us at our voicemail line 503-479-5mkr and let me know Right, I told you, this is the last time I'm going to mention how you can enter the Matango Minibus Contest before we announce the winner next month. Monster Kid, friend of mine, sculptor, artist, and incredibly humble human being, Tom Bigler, created the Matango Minibus, one-of-a-kind piece of artwork to celebrate the movie Matango, which we talked about here on the show a couple of weeks ago. Head over to monsterkidradio.net to look in the archives and to check out a picture of the minibust yourself. This is up for grabs. We're going to have a drawing next month and give that away to one lucky listener of Monster Kid Radio. To enter, you need to email me your name, your mailing address, and then make up the name of another vegetable movie, a killer vegetable movie. Mushrooms are pretty freaking evil. I mean, they're at the top of the evil food chain as far as I'm concerned. I just don't like those slimy little things. But there are other vegetables that I'm sure could be twisted and turned into monster movie fodder. So email me the name of your movie, maybe give me a line or two about what it's about. I'll throw you in the drawing and you might win the Matango mini bust. We've talked to Tom about maybe doing another mini bust contest down the line. Once he and I do another show together, which we will be doing here soon. There are lots of plans in the works. You're also going to hear from Tom next week when we play some feedback that we got from him. Speaking of feedback, I want to go ahead and respond to something that was said to me on Facebook. This was uh, last week from listener Mike. He says, I just discovered your new show and I'm really enjoying it. Have you considered covering Curse of the Swamp Creature with one of your favorite actors, John Agar? I think it'd make a fun episode. Anyway, keep recording and we'll keep listening. Thank you for the kind thoughts about the show. I really appreciate it. I love doing the show. It's a blast for me. I'm having so much fun doing this. And I could talk about John Agar for days. And in fact, I have talked about Curse of the Swamp Creature, but not here on Monster Kid Radio. I talked about it back in episode 190 of the B Movie Cast. Vince and Mary and Nick and Juan, everybody over at the B Movie Cast, Definite friends of ours over here at Monster Kid Radio. And back in February, they had me on the show to talk about Curse of the Swamp Creature. There will be a link in the show notes to this episode, where you can just head on over to bmoviecast.com and search for Curse of the Swamp Creature. Like I said, it was episode 190. They're also in the iTunes store, so you can find them there as well. But you know what? I don't mind talking about this movie again. So, uh, you know, maybe down the line we'll give it the proper Monster Kid Radio treatment. But in the meantime, the B-Movie cast did a bang-up job. We'll come back next week with a couple of other episodes, I think. Well, you know what? I'm going to keep you in suspense. I think I know what I want to do next week, but uh, it's, it's a surprise. It's a secret. And if everything goes well, it'll be something that has never been done on the Monster Kid Radio podcast before. So come back next week for that. Monster Kid Radio is a registered service mark of Monster Kid Radio, LLC. All original content of Monster Kid Radio by Monster Kid Radio LLC is licensed under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivations, 3.0 unported license. Of course, that does not apply to the song Sharka Khan, which is property of the band Daikaiju. It appears on this episode of Monster Kid Radio by permission of the band. You can get it for yourself if you pick up the album Daikaiju. Talk to you next week.